Hello everyone and welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Abit Kahn and I talk about how you can start, run and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called Fear of Disappointing Your Customers. Let's get started. Over the last few weeks, you'll have noticed that I have started talking more about the emotional impact of entrepreneurship. And I talked about imposter syndrome and people cloning businesses and the loss and the grief of selling a business, all topics that most people keep quiet about. I remember keeping quiet about this myself a few years ago, and I was in the middle of running the tech side of Feedback Panda, and I was stretching myself thin. The thoughts in my mind developed a destructive feedback loop, and I I experienced many doubts and a lot of stress and intense anxiety. For that reason, I actually started the Bootstrap Founder blog, newsletter, and podcast in the first place. When we sold our business, I finally had all the time that I needed to deal with all this emotional baggage. And putting it on the page and sharing how I dealt with it during this wild ride of running and growing a business helped me find peace and meaning after the fact. And it now allows me to help other founders become more aware of these very real problems. So I want to reinvigorate a series of articles that I wrote right after we sold Feedback Panda. That series is called The Emotional Journey of a Bootstrap Founder. And in that series, I talk about how certain situations and incidents can evoke strong emotions and how to deal with them or how I couldn't deal with them. I will explain how I reflected and reframed these kind of thoughts and feelings and then suggest actions for immediate or long-term improvements. That's the idea behind this series. Just jump into different kinds of emotional states and figure out how they come to be and how to deal with them. Today, I want to tackle the fear of disappointing your customers. I remember a particular situation back from 2019 that I want to share here. Our browser integration, we had a Chrome and Firefox um, integration, like essentially an extension, that broke. And it broke overnight. We had a few thousand customers at the time. And the moment the first customer reported this, I felt like I needed to fix and update the extension immediately, like right there and then. So far, so normal. The problem with that was that I was right in the middle of a family celebration, a family event. And we were at Danielle's childhood home. And while the party was going on in the basement, I sat on Danielle's bed fixing the bug. Instead of spending time with her loving family, my family, I retreated to fix a piece of software that wouldn't affect our customers for another 10 hours. And in retrospect, leaving the rest of the family behind to deal with this little, little issue was really not necessary. This bug didn't impact the customer's ability to use a product. It was just a small nuisance. But back then, I felt strongly compelled to deal with that immediately. It was the middle of the night, and I could have waited until the morning to work on this, but I didn't. So why did I feel like I would be letting down customers if I don't act immediately? Would they really be so terribly disappointed if I didn't spend every second of my day trying to stay on top of these things? It turns out that this is a trick of our brains. It's a myopic distortion of our perception to think that our product is a giant part of a customer's world. Right? In reality, it's one of the hundreds, if not the thousands of little concerns that all compete for their attention. If your service has a little trouble for a few hours, they'll likely take note 
deal with that problem another way, and then return to your product tomorrow. This is particularly likely when your customers understand that you're a bootstrap founder and dealing with these things yourself. The moment your customers are aware of your motivation to empower them, they will understand your predicament and be supportive most of the time. There'll always be people who have exhausted their capacity for patience, but generally your customers are on your side, particularly if you've established a brand as a transparent founder by building your business in public. The trust that you built by being there for your customers and sharing your journey translates into patience. And even though they have expectations, often high ones, your customers will know that you'll get to solving the problem eventually. The more you are understood to be a human being in this context, the more patience they will show you. And that means that you have time to fix problems and build solutions carefully. I have built too many fixes for bugs introduced by other fixes caused by trying to resolve an issue too quickly in the past. If you try to be too fast, you might create two non-optimal experiences for your customers instead of the one that you're trying to respond to in the first place. Errors and bugs are part of running a software business. People know that. And while this depends on the expectations that people have for your product's overall quality, your service will very likely still be usable unless your whole system is down. So unless it's a catastrophic failure, which you should absolutely respond to immediately, your perception of the gravity of any kind of bug or error will likely be much higher than what your customers think. And here's a reframing opportunity for whenever you feel this fear of disappointing your customers. The opportunity for opportunity for value nurturing, for showing your customers that they actually have something meaningful when things work well, is a real thing. Of course, you don't want to have this happen too often, right? That your system goes down and only then people understand how valuable it was to have in the first place. But sometimes this perceived disappointment is just a reflection of what your customers otherwise have access to at all times. So this is, in fact, a value nurturing opportunity if it doesn't happen too much. And this, of course, is a theoretical concept, right? If you have a downtime of five days, there's no value nurturing involved, people will cancel. But just keep it in mind while you solve a problem that this is an opportunity to show people how quickly you can solve it, how easily it's solved, how fast things are going back to normal. This is something that can actually show them the value of your product. So let me just share with you a couple more things you can do to prepare for these moments to lessen the stress levels that you'll experience so you can make an intentional choice about how much effort to put into fixing the issue and if this really should be done immediately. So the first thing that I did over time, I developed to learned to do, was to prepare a message for your customers. The moment you notice that something needs to be done, draft a really short message that you can reuse to communicate this to your customers while you're dealing with the situation. And... This is mostly useful for solo founders or like solo tech founders, for people in really small teams where the customer service part is also done by the people actually dealing with the problems, right? It's, it's kind of hard to deal with this avalanche of incoming customer service conversations when you're trying to solve the problem. So having this message prepared is useful. We had a situation like this when Firefox, the browser, mistakenly disabled all add-ons for all their users globally. We had a couple hundred customers who used that browser and they were not technically enough, technically capable enough to understand the reasons for this glitch. It was just some kind of config thing. I think some certificate, like an SSL certificate in the update server broke or whatever. It doesn't really matter. It just, there was a glitch and everybody's add-ons stopped working, including ours. 
those customers were just confused that the little panda icon wasn't there anymore. And they were reaching out to us because we are the ones giving them the service, right? So here is what I did to make sure this would be something that I could adequately communicate during the rush hours of our user's day. First, I prepare the message explaining the situation, what was happening, and that we're working on it. One of the most important parts is just telling them what we're going to be doing about it. I then looked for some social media link by Mozilla, the makers of Firefox, who promised to fix this quickly and added that to the message so that people could understand that somebody else is also working on this. I tried to explain the issue, but it didn't get technical. We couldn't fix it. It was a Mozilla issue. But our customers would still think it's our fault. And there's no need to shift blame. Just own it and promise to resolve. Just tell people kind of what's happening in in a way that they understand. Use their words, their understanding of the complexity of technology to communicate it to them in a simple way. And since Mozilla quickly tried to fix this issue, we had a time horizon to communicate to our customers. they, They were saying this should roll out within the next 12 hours, something. And I made sure that this was part of the message that I would have prepared for people if they had a question about it. And I made the message copy and pasteable, added it to our intercom snippet collection and used it whenever a customer would reach out about this particular issue. And in this case, there wasn't much to do, but if it is a problem that you can fix, having this message easily available will allow you to focus on the actual solution. You can just like even have an autoresponder if you're using a tool that allows for this. And at best, you have somebody else to take over customer support while you deal with this issue. Right? As a solopreneur, just write the message and have it in your clipboard. Maybe use a clipboard manager or text expander that will help. Just be ready to paste it into any conversation you run into. And here's a template. I'm just going to read this uh, quickly that worked for us. It said, hello, thank you for reaching out about this. We've noticed that XYZ is currently experiencing issues. I'm working on a solution right now. The service will be restored within the next hour or two. I will keep you updated. And that message alone can really pacify a lot of incoming panicked requests. So the next hint that I have here is to communicate immediately that you're working on it, but don't necessarily work on it immediately. Remember that only the critical issues should receive critical responses for your business. Otherwise, your business and its demand will start taking over your life. And you don't want that, like the level of stress and anxiety I'm still kind of dealing with those from back in the day. You don't want to reach them. And once you're done with eventually solving the issue, reach out to everybody you told that you'd update them through the customer service channels that they reached out in. This makes them feel heard and appreciated, which might just cause them to become evangelists for your product after such a supposedly negative event. Right? If people understand that their message actually helped solve a problem, that's a good thing. And they will take this away Um, from this whole conversation as having had an impact, having had a meaningful exchange. So, well, what else is there? Really, just have customer communication in place. This is the most important part. You want to be able to engage with your customers because if you want to reach your customers quickly, you'll need open channels, right? Channels that you can quickly use. Setting up intercom or having an email list is imperative to having access to people quickly when you need it. That way, you can respond and alleviate um, to the concerns that people have immediately, and you will get a glimpse of the scope of the impact of whatever problem you're facing, particularly if you're using real-time chat tools. You'll just see how many people are affected from the number of messages you receive. Maybe just a couple, maybe almost all of them. At that point, you could inform very vocal customers 
in this kind of uh, communication channel the, that you're solving it and give them a well-worded and insightful message. And they might even amplify your working on it signal into the communities in which they are also vocal. Like you sometimes have influencers in a certain space using your product. If you respond to them first, they can carry your message to the other people and also lighten the load on your customer support, which is kind of useful. And maybe as a warning here, be careful with using status pages because a lot of software as a service tools have a status designated status page somewhere. And while this is really only expected for tools that are being used by engineers, some people, some founders consider that having a status page for your service is something really cool. Be beware. These tools are great for large organizations, but they're terrible for bootstrap founders. Offering a central status page just creates incredibly high expectations with your customers as well. They will expect immediate updates whenever something happens, because this is what happens when a large software business has an outage. Right? They, they see the status page, it immediately goes up, teams of people start working on a problem, and they expect detailed error messages and reflections while you're frantically searching for a solution to a technical issue, maybe as a solo founder. Just doesn't work the same way for a bootstrap founder. And status pages are only ever used by technical customers. Your non-tech customers will reach out through customer service anyhow. So not only does this incur costs and engineering overhead to implement a status page, but it will also split your attention when dealing with your customers asking questions. Status pages are an expensive distraction. Either you use a hosted solution that won't be cheap, um, because th those things are quite expensive, or you host it yourself only to have one more thing that might fail. So now there's an engineering and administration overhead there too. So really only use status pages if it actually makes sense, if you have big B2B enterprise customers who expect this as part of your software stack or something. But yeah, try to not use these things to not create these expectations that people might have to just you just couldn't fulfill. And maybe looking at the actual mental state that you will be in in a situation like this, just take a minute to reflect on how much immediacy is actually needed to solve a problem like this. If your whole service ran into a wall and needs to be restarted, of course, deal with that immediately. But if a non-critical integration starts experiencing a few errors, you might not need to drop out of a family event. I get it back then. And you can do this methodically. Now, whenever you run into the feeling of disappointing your customers, make a note of how intensely you're feeling this, solve the problem that causes that, and then rate the true impact on a scale of, I don't know, one to 10 after you had a few hours to breathe. Then compare your notes. And over time, you'll develop a sense of how your initial reaction differs from your less fear-driven perception after the fact. What helped me calm myself down in these situations was remembering the non-impact that last little outage or bug had on our customers. The last time we ran, in, we ran into this issue, few people complained out of hundreds and thousands of customers that could have complained, and then they were all happy and joyful after we eventually resolved the issue. So if you feel this deep-seated fear of disappointing people, just remember how last time it really didn't end up being so much of a problem. And that usually caused me to deal with the problem confidently without freaking out about what people would think because they think more positively about you and your business than you might actually believe. So keep communication channels open, have a message prepared, and reflect on the immediacy of solving this issue. And over time, this fear of disappointing your customers should be at least very manageable. 
but it is a real fear. And if you feel it, just communicate that. If you're building in public, talk to Twitter, talk to people who are experiencing the same thing and just to share this and people will often help you find a better path forward. Thank you for listening to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast today. You can find me on Twitter at Avid Karl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. And you can check out the blog at thebootstrapfounder.com. Find my book, Zero to Sold, at zerotosold.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out on Twitter or send an email to arvid at thebootstrapfounder.com. If you want to support me in the Bootstrap Founder Podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. It'll help other founders and founders to be to find this podcast and learn more about starting, running, and selling their bootstrap businesses. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.